Hello and welcome to 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers, all about healing after a stroke. I'm Christine, a stroke survivor. I had a pontine hemorrhagic stroke and I understand how recovery can be a real roller coaster ride. My hope is to help other stroke survivors transform the ups, the downs, and the scary drops into something more manageable, more like the carousel. And you even get to pick your own horse. Welcome to the podcast of Seven Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. Season 1, Episode 2, Horsin' Around. The information and conversations in these podcasts are general in nature and do not replace the care and instruction that you receive from your doctor or therapist. Please discuss your own personal needs and circumstances with your healthcare provider. You can join the conversation through email at 7 peppers at gmail.com or you can tweet us at number 7, capital J, small a-r-s or on Facebook at 7 Jars of Hot Pickled Peppers. This week's quote of the cast. Brain injuries are like snowflakes. No two are the same. From On With Life Rehab Specialists. So what are the differences between a brain injury and a stroke? Are there any? One source defines a traumatic brain injury as an alteration in brain function or other evidence of brain pathology caused by an external force. Another source states, and I'm paraphrasing, that reliable quantification of a traumatic brain injury is difficult due to inadequate standardization and incomplete data on the incident and outcome of the brain injury with an incomplete definition of brain injury being partly to blame. Wow, that's quite a mouthful. But new studies are just realizing the importance of appropriate treatment of traumatic brain injuries. On the other side, we have strokes. The World Health Organization, WHO, defined stroke as rapidly developing clinical signs of focal or global disturbances of cerebral function with symptoms lasting 24 hours or longer or leading to death with no apparent cause other than a vascular origin. Whew, another mouthful. A little confusing, but both definitions point towards a change in a person's brain function. The difference seems to be the cause, basically external versus internal. So something happened to us, a brick in the head, or something happened in us, like with me, a blood vessel burst. But the outcome seems very similar. Any brain injury changes your life in a moment. Our brain defines who we are. So a brain injury can affect every aspect of our lives, even our personality. It's so different from something like a broken leg. At least with a broken leg, you can see it and others can see it. A brain injury adds an extra challenge that it's usually not visible to others. 
It's funny, when I had my first urgent CT scan, the radiologist asked me if I had had a fall. Because my stroke was different than most, they weren't sure of the cause. I assured the technician I hadn't fallen, but I still had a brain injury. Only a different cause, not outcome. like to introduce this week's podcast guest, Jessica Jackson, who five years ago suffered a traumatic brain injury. Hello and welcome, Jessica. We're so pleased to have you here with us today. Hi, and thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. So do you mind sharing your experience that led to your traumatic brain injury? No, not at all. Actually, I'd love to get my story out there so that people know that they're not alone when they go through something like this. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, in your own words, maybe you could just start at the beginning. Sure. So my injury happened about five years ago. It was July 23rd, 2013. Um, I was working at a kid's camp. Uh, I was the head horse director of the kids' camp, so I was teaching kids and training horses and, oh, okay. and just giving horseback riding lessons. Mm-hmm. So on this particular evening, we were having a water fight, and I was standing up on a balcony and dumping a whole bunch of water on a whole bunch of kids. Oh, sounds like fun. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and afterwards, I leaned up against this railing, mm-hmm. and the railing snapped, and I fell between 14 to 16 feet onto concrete. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't actually remember my fall. I don't actually remember much of anything before I woke up in the hospital. Oh. Um, So basically what happened, the, the, um, sorry. That's okay. So basically what happened was I sustained six different fractures, two in my skull, four in my pelvis. Wow. Um, I sustained a collapsed lung and bleeding and swelling of the brain. Oh my gosh. And of course, the bleeding and swelling of the brain was the biggest issue because mm-hmm. it was swelling so fast that it was cutting off my oxygen supply. Wow. So it was a very scary experience that I don't actually remember. So everybody, my mom had to tell me and explain to me what actually happened when I woke up in the hospital. Oh my gosh. So um, do you remember, well, I guess maybe you don't remember yourself. Do you remember them telling you what treatment you received in the hospital? Um, I remember a little bit of it. I know for a while I was in the ICU because they put me into an induced coma when they flew me to the Foothills Hospital in Calgary. Wow. So did you fly on STARS? Yes, I did. Wow. Wow. Shout out to STARS. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for being there. Um, So when I got to the hospital in Calgary, um, it was a, I, I believe I was in the ICU for about three days before they put me into... Uh, into the the ward. I can't remember the name of the ward that I was in. That's okay. But the nurses were very nice and uh, very accommodating. Great. That's what you need when you're so injured. Definitely. Definitely. So I do remember getting a whole lot of IV fluid put into my system. Um, I do remember going and getting a lot of x-rays done and a lot of CT and MRIs done. Right. Um, there was a little bit of physio, but not a lot because my injuries were still so, like, really, really bad. 
Right. And um, so new. And so fresh and new. Mm -hmm. So it was just one of those things where when I was in the hospital, it was basically just monitoring everything, making sure things weren't going to go sideways, basically. Right. Oh, how scary. And your parents, were they able to meet you at the hospital fairly soon? Yeah. Um, so my mom was the one who stayed with me in the hospital for most of the time that I was in there, as most mothers probably would do. Oh, you know? no doubt. I know I do that for my children. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I'm very thankful she was there. My dad, he did come and see me a couple times, but because of everything at home, he needed to take care of the animals and his own jobs and everything. So I didn't get to see him as much. Um, but my mom was definitely there. A lot of the time like she'd be there when I'd wake up and she'd be there when I was asleep so it was very comforting knowing that she was in the hospital with me well and it's important to have someone who loves you and can advocate especially yeah. for you who had a fuzzy memory at that mm -hmm. time due to your brain injury definitely so um how long did you end up staying in the hospital so I don't remember the exact length of time I know it was about two weeks so it was probably between 11 and 14 days that I was in the hospital. Okay. Um, they discharged me simply because my mom was a nurse and she knew what to watch for. Oh, great. So after that discharge, you went to your parents' home? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. So after the discharge, I went home to my parents' farm where I continued with getting better. I slept a lot of the time for the first six months. So Wow, I guess. So did you notice any changes immediately after you were recovered enough to notice? Yeah, I did. Um, one of the biggest changes that my parents actually commented on, especially my dad commented on quite a bit, was that my lack of emotion. Um, I had lost my basic emotions for the first, I want to say the first four to six months after my injury. Really? Um, it would be to the point to where he would try to make a joke with me. And normally before my accident, I would laugh at it. Right. But at this point, it was just, I was straight faced. I, I wouldn't smile. I wouldn't frown or anything like that. It was just, yeah, it was weird, especially for me because I love to joke around and laugh so much. Yes, I've noticed that about you. So just your brain injury caused that change in your yeah. personality. Yeah. I was also extremely tired all mm. the time and I didn't have a big appetite either so with that with those two things it, my mom really had to watch me I guess so I guess well they say fatigue is a huge part of any brain mm -hmm. injury um so as you your recovery progressed did you notice a change in your symptoms um so my symptoms switched from the fatigue and, and the lack of emotion more so into a lot of headaches and a lot of character changes. Um, I would get angry really, really fast. I'd get more frustrated and more mm. teary-eyed over the simplest of things. Like, I could legit spill a glass of milk and cry over a glass of spilt milk. <laughs> so it was one of those things where it was like a lot to get used to because I knew this wasn't who I was, but it who it's who I am now. So, right. and that's a huge change I've noticed in myself. I can remember what I used to be like, but I can't seem to execute those mm -hmm. into my daily life of who I am now. So it seems you yeah. had similar challenges. Yeah. And it's extremely difficult to get used to that because you do remember what, who you were before your accident and you can see that person, 
but you can't be that person anymore. And so you have to come to terms that this is who you are now. And it's really hard to explain that to other people, too, who have been a part of your life for so long. Mm -hmm, Because they're used to you in one regards. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure my family would probably say um, similar things about me. Um, What type of rehab did you do? So for the first year, I went through a lot of physio, especially for my pelvis, because I had four major fractures in my pelvis after my accident. Um, So it was a lot of... it was a lot to do with alignment of my legs to make sure my legs wouldn't like heal one shorter than the other. Right. Um, and just, just to make sure that my pelvis wouldn't like heal in the wrong way. So I wouldn't have to go through surgery, mm-hmm. which I'm very glad that it healed properly. Oh, no doubt. Um, so a lot of physio and a lot of counseling as well. Like I didn't think I would have needed it, but I did, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a really strong person but even after going something, going through something that traumatic, you need that extra support outside of your family. I agree. And I think being able to recognize that you need that extra support is actually a show of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. good good for you. Good for doing that. So it's been almost five years. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still uh, get feelings, um, memories, I guess, on your anniversary date each year? You know, for the first couple years, like for the first three years, I used to mark that day of yeah. like, I've, I've gone through a full year and I'm, I'm still stuck or I'm still moving forward. And I'd, I'd post it on Facebook. Oh, okay. Um, but as, after the third year, I was like, you know what? I don't want to live my life leading up to each anniversary date. I want to be able to just be able to walk past it and be like, okay, I'm okay with this. This is who I am now. So yes, I still do get, sometimes I get emotional about it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the time I like to reflect on myself of how far I've come. And I do keep a journal about it too. Good. So every year I open up this specific journal that I have and I write down of like what I, what I've gone through that year and what I've achieved and what I'm working towards. So that, that really helps for reflection and just to help boost me to keep moving forward. That's an excellent idea. That's something I might have to borrow as well. So (laughs) thank you for that. And it shows you how far you've come since that initial incident. So as I said, it's been almost five years. So what things are you still coping with? So the headaches are still a major part of my day-to-day life. I do wake up with headaches daily. Um, These headaches are like migraine headaches, but they're not migraines. It's really hard to explain to a person who hasn't gone through something like this or who who hasn't been with me through my the process from my injury date to where I am now right um but right now from a a level between one and ten my headaches range between a two and a five on a daily basis um so those are something that I deal with I've come to terms with those so they don't bother me that much anymore the only thing that they do is make me extremely tired so is fatigue still part of yeah, your... Yeah, fatigue is another yeah. really big part of my day-to-day life as well. Right. Um, there are things like my friends will want to go out and hang out a lot, and I will be like, I can't, I actually have to stay back because I'm very tired. Right. And a lot of my friends are very understanding, 
Mm-hmm. But it still hurts a little bit inside because I want to be able to be a young adult and go out and right. hang out with my friends and go out to, you know, a restaurant and eat chicken wings or something, right. you know, go to the movies and be able to eat popcorn and just laugh. But I can't do that all the time anymore. So Right. And that's with part of the process of mm-hmm. learning the new you, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. It's a, quite a challenge and uh, one you'll probably be going through to some extent your whole life but it sounds Mm -hmm. like uh you're you're facing it head on which gives strength to other people um i've read that traumatic brain injuries are often referred to as the invisible disability have you had any experiences where maybe people weren't as understanding because you can't see a brain injury (laughs) um there have been many instances where people uh have come up to me and especially since now I've been going through a rehab at uh, Millard Health and I was put onto the Silver Team Group 2, which is major and traumatic brain injuries. Right. And a lot of the people who are there, like the clients and the um, therapists there, until they actually read my file, they don't realize that I've gone through such a, a, a substantial traumatic injury. Because I look completely normal on the outside. Um, So having to explain that to people, not just in a rehab facility, but also to people who I just meet on on the street too, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially friends as well. They don't always understand and it does get frustrating. I don't mind explaining it. Right. But when they don't understand it right off the bat, I do get frustrated with myself and with them. Um, So... It is an invisible injury. Like a lot of people don't understand it. And to be completely honest, I don't think a lot of people know what causes everything after a brain injury, you know, right. like all the headaches and all the fatigue and everything, because what I've heard is that the brain doesn't actually feel pain. So mm-hmm. doctors don't really know what causes headaches and, and what causes the fatigue, except for that there's something within your brain that, that is still healing. Oh, and it can take years. And if you part of the brain is damaged, it doesn't heal like a, a, a wound on your arm where no. you get new skin. Your brain has to grow new neuron connections, and they may not be the same yeah. as the ones that had been damaged. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, good on you for trying to educate your friends yeah. and other people and more people like you who can do that will just lay, lend strength to others who may be experiencing similar challenges. Yeah. So um, I've definitely, in our chats and such, I've noticed a lot of our symptoms, we have similarities and we have similar challenges. And I know I've really appreciated chatting with you because it does make me feel alone. So you've already reached out and helped one person for yeah. sure. And I think from our chats, you've helped a lot of others. So any final words? about uh, what you've experienced? Um, I guess if I were to say anything, it would be to continue moving forward. No matter how big or how small the step is, continue pushing yourself forward because it's way better than staying still. Um, Whether it's a small goal for day-to-day of like going out for a walk for 10 minutes or whether it's a goal for a full month of reaching that certain goal, um, continue following what you're what's in your heart 
very wise words. And yes, keep moving forward. I love it. So thank you so much for sharing your experience with us today. I'm sure it's sometimes not easy talking about this, mm. but the more we can get it out there and let people know this is a lifelong change, the the better it'll be and the more, uh, more education is more power for everybody. So it seems like there are many similarities in our challenges, despite we had very different it was very different how we acquired our brain injuries. Mm-hmm. So, and we've both learned that brain injuries do not heal like other injuries. The path to recovery can be uncertain because every brain injury is unique and the consequences of even two similar injuries may be very different. So just like our snowflakes, no two brain injuries are like. Even though there can be similar challenges survivors face on a daily basis. Now it's time for Speak to the Tweet. Trombone Kev tweets, Hey you guys, love the show. I find it very interesting that you like hot pickled peppers so much. Are there any other foods just as appealing to you? Thanks for the the tweet, Trombone Kev. And yes, since my stroke, my tastes have definitely been more limited. But there's a few foods that are very appealing. Hot pickled peppers, the most, top of the list. After that, dark chocolate, like really dark chocolate, 85% cocoa. Mustard, but there has to be a lot of mustard on there and then balsamic vinegar. Oh, those are my new favorite foods. Thanks for the question. This week's joke of the week. Now for a little brain injury humor. I grew up just a stone's throw away from where that family died of mysterious head injuries. Hmm, a stone's throw? (laughs) I know. So whether caused by an external force or internal, each day presents new challenges for brain injury survivors. You can either laugh or cry. Let's choose to laugh. This week's Stroke Link. Hey, Christine, wasn't Jessica amazing? Oh, I just loved her story and so glad that she was able to share it with us. I also noticed that she and I have some similar challenges, even though our brain injuries were very different. I appreciated that. It made me feel not so alone. Yeah, no kidding. That, that's great. You know, I was uh, surfing on the internet this afternoon and I came across a really good site. I think you've looked at this one too. It's it's called headway.org.uk. I have looked at it and I agree. It's a great site. Yeah, well, I found it really interesting because it referred to acquired brain injury and it included uh, traumatic brain injury, minor head injuries, which also includes mild concussions and strokes. And it suggests that all of these fall under acquired brain injury. 
That is so interesting. So lots of similarities. When I was on the site, I clicked into about brain injury for more information. And it had multiple sections, including an overview of the brain. Wow. And, you know, I clicked into an area that uh, was called effects of brain injury. And that had just all kinds of information um, about all different types of impacts. And yeah, it was really good. I, I, I suggest you'd look at that one. That's a great idea. One section I found interesting had the latest research in brain injuries. Yeah, I've got to go back and look at that. That looks really interesting. I foresee future podcast topics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding, eh? We recommend that you check out this site, headway.org.uk. Last but not least, remember FAST, F-A-S-T. If you or a loved one experience any changes in your face, arm, or speech, time to get yourself to the hospital quickly. You can call 911 in Canada for emergencies, or for inquiries, you can call HealthLink in Canada at 1-866-408-5465 and talk to a healthcare professional. Hey, so that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and leave us a comment on Podbean. If you have any questions or comments, jokes or ideas for future topics, don't hesitate to get a hold of us. Please also visit our webpage at www.7jarsofhotpickledpeppers.com. So, until next time, remember, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, then it isn't the end. Goodbye and good health.